Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. Hi, this week's Dash of Drush is coming live from Jerusalem. I'm very grateful to be here in this amazing and complex and beautiful city at a time of year when we are in the midst of what some call the Israeli High Holidays, this period between Yom HaShoah, the uh, Holocaust Memorial Day, and Yom HaZikaron, the Memorial Day for fallen soldiers and victims of terror, and Yom HaAtzma'ut, Israel's Independence Day, and this year we are celebrating Israel's 70th birthday in all of the complexity and wonder and beauty and pain, all of it. And I am here with uh, an old friend, um, I mean she's not old because we're about the same age, but a, a, a someone I've known for a very long time who has been a very important teacher for me as well as a friend and we have crossed continents, We've our paths have crossed in England and in Israel and in America and Rabbi Dr. Reb Mimi Fagelson um, who um, recently got her PhD and uh, has been a teacher of rabbinic students in uh, the Ziegler School of Rabbinical Studies, where I was a student and is now teaching rabbinical students here in Jerusalem. But Jerusalem is home, definitely home for Reb Mimi, and um, she's actually back here at this time of year for Yom HaZikron and Yom HaTzmok for the first time in 16 years. 16 years. 16 years. So I'm delighted um, to see you and to um, share time with you in Jerusalem. Hi. I can't believe we're together back in Yerushalayim. I know. It's been a long time. When do you think we were last together in Jerusalem? Wow. Um, I think, I don't know, when you were a rabbinical student, right before that? I think the year before, when you were studying at the Conservative Yeshiva, maybe? 2002, maybe? 2001, 2002? 2001, because 2001 is yeah. when I went to L.A. So that's what it was, 2000, 2001. Yes. Which was right at the beginning of the Second Intifada. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, and a lot right of, before the twins. A lot of history in our lives and certainly a ton of history in the life of this country. So how does it feel to be back here after all that time, back home? I'm so grateful to be home. Because this is where I belong. This is where I, you know, I always would say to my students when they would ask um, if my faith has ever been tested, that that my feeling was always that every morning when I woke up in the sky, that my eyes saw wasn't the sky of Yerushalayim, of Jerusalem. My faith was tested. When I walked into the Beit Midrash, when I walked into the study hall, when I walked into class and we sat down to learn together, I knew why I didn't wake up in Yerushalayim. But at the same time, it was hard for me every morning, every morning. You know, at 16 years, I left my watch on Israel time. And 16 years, my sense was Shabbat began Friday morning, because that's when candle lighting was in Yerushalayim. Didn't Rabbi Nachman used to say, whenever I'm going on a journey, I'm going to Jerusalem? Wherever I'm going, I'm going to Israel. Yeah. Yes. And, and, that's, and that's true. And, um, and it's been, I've been home now for almost six months, a little bit over six months and um, trying to figure out what it means to be home. You know, the image I have, because I was back and forth all the time, was that I was with my friends at the beach all the time, and now I've realized that it's true that I was at the beach with my friends, but they were in the water, they were in the ocean, and I was sitting on the sand watching them. (laughs) 
And one example of where you know it feels so clear to me was um, you mentioned that we're in this period between Yom HaShoah, the Holocaust Memorial Day, and the Yom HaZikaron, the Memorial Day for our soldiers and victims of terror and our Independence Day. And for 16 years, I'd always call home to stand at the sirens when the sirens went off with my mom here in Yerushalayim. So when I'd call, it'd be midnight in LA, it'd be 10 in the morning here, it'd be one o'clock in the morning on Yom HaZikaron and 11 o'clock in the morning here to stand. And last week I stood in my own home Mm-hmm. And I looked at the window, and everyone else was standing as well. Like the street was silent, and all. And I realized that that's a part of what home is: is not creating an image or a vision or a memory, not living off of a memory, but actually being in it. And I, I truly believe this. You know, when you wake up in Yerushalayim, you don't have to do anything to justify your existence. You know, when you wake up in Yerushalayim, you're living the dream of thousands of years. And then you have to actually go out in the world and do something. Mm. But you know when you open your eyes in Yerushalayim that for thousands of years people have been dreaming of this dream. And it's not the Yerushalayim they dreamt of. It's not the Yerushalayim I grew up in. Right. And yet it's Yerushalayim. And so, Israel is 70. Jerusalem is thousands of years old and has seen a lot of... And I'm neither. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not 70. <laughs> I'm not thousands of years old. <laughs> right. And yet we are thousands of years older in, in, in some ways in, in the connections to this, to this place. But I sometimes feel like, you know, the, you know the, I think um, Yehuda Amachai, the sort of poet laureate of Israel, wrote this, this poem. I don't remember it in Hebrew, but it said something like if, you know, something about the stone of Jerusalem like cries or something you know there's this sense of like the the Jerusalem stone which is you know when the when the sun is shining bright is, is kind of blinding that Jerusalem stone I was in the old city today at the at the western wall at the Kotel Malavi and, it, and there's something about that the light on that stone but also feel like that stone just you talk about memory that stone just stores so much memory and so many tears and just so much pain of the history of this place and that pain in a sense continues but like we are you know this week celebrating Israel's 70th birthday so what does like this year does that what does that mean to you to be celebrating Israel's 70th birthday you know 70 in our tradition is a lifetime right we live our life three score and ten and 70 years right and if we merit 80 and um, what that means, I think, for me, is a, is, a, is a request to stop and to pause and to ask. And uh, to not ask, only ask ourselves where we're going, to not only ask ourselves where we're coming from, but to ask ourselves truly how do those two images feed, feed each other. Mm. And um, I have this image in my mind I have a friend who, um, there's this wedding picture that she took, she and her husband, moments after the chuppah. And you can see, it's like, you think it's a staged picture, she's looking in his eyes, and it's, you can imagine this very romantic moment of this amazing vision of what their life is going to be. And 
And me being the romantic that I am, I put into it all these memories and all these thoughts and visions. And I once had the chutzpah to ask her, what were you thinking when you were looking in, it, in his eyes? Mm-hmm. And she said to me, I was thinking, who are you? <laughs> okay, like it's not, I never in my life thought that a bride would say that. You know, minutes, those pho- photographer, pic- photographic pictures that happen right after the chupa when everyone thinks that they're in Yuchud, but they're actually taking pictures and everyone else is eating. Who are you? And I realized that that's what the relationship is about. Hmm. It's not, I love you. It's, who are you? And I realized at that moment that we don't marry the person that we know. We marry the person that we want to spend the rest of our lives getting to know. Because if we marry the person that we know, then we wake up the next morning with a stranger in bed. We're a stranger to them and they're a stranger to us. But if we marry the person that we want to spend the rest of our lives getting to know, then that's the partner we married. And if they marry the person they want to get to know, then I'm that person as well. And I think that that's true about our relationship with God. It's true about our relationship with Torah. I don't know you. I want to spend the rest of my life getting to know you. And I want to say it has to also be about our relationship to this country. And that now is a time to pause and to say, who are you? Not I know you, but who are you? And where are we going from here? And tomorrow can't be what yesterday was. And I'm not that person, and you, my country, are not that person. I mean, 70 years means we've gone through 10 cycles of Shemitah, so to speak. Right. 10 cycles of listening in silence, listening in silence, listening in silence. So I ask, what is the silence that we need to be embracing now? What's the listening that we need to be asking ourselves to listen? Who do we listen to today? I think these are some of the questions that being 70 allows there are things that we get to do when you're 70 that I'm waiting for mm-hmm. but I'm told in terms of being able to honor I mean one of the things that you're making me think about was we had a, a very powerful back in Boulder a very powerful um, ceremony for Yom HaShoah and uh, Barbara Steinmetz who's a, a member of my congregation and a survivor gave a really incredible incredible talk essentially telling her her story but more than that but at the beginning she said this is just one story and there are many 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 stories and every single one is different and I feel like when you talk about who do we need to listen to I mean there are just all of these different narratives that scream at each other and and very often those narratives are not allowing the other narrative to be heard whatever that other narrative is and I think that if if really (laughs) If really turning 70 is about that, what you're talking about, that describing like the, 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 the real commitment to get to know, then surely we have to be willing to listen to all of those different narratives that are screaming at us and just to shut up and hear them, whatever our own narrative might be. You know, there's an image that I, um, I learned from uh, Chazan Linda Hirschhorn. Mm-hmm. From that uh, also has a vocalot group, amazing. And we were together. We met together in Kiev in the first uh, Kesher Project Kesher um, Women's Leadership um, Conference in 1994 in Kiev. And 
she composed a women's international, Jewish international choir. Um, and she said something that I never forgot, and I've taken it with me as a paradigm for my life in many ways. She said, in a choir when you're singing, when you ask yourself, do you know how loud you're supposed to be singing? She says, you sing loud enough that you can hear yourself, but not too loud that you can't hear the person to your right mm -hmm. and to your left. Right. So important. And that's my image, right? My image is not losing one's identity while being able to continuously hear what's being said to left and to right. Yeah. And um, so when you ask me, it's really about the, the stones of the city, right? Every one of those stones is holding on to a different story. Exactly. And is holding on to a different memory. And one of the things that I would do with my students actually in LA before they came to Yerushalayim for their year in Israel was I'd hand them a stone from Israel, actually from the Red Canyon. I hope that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd ask them to hold the stone in their hand and then to and then to tell us to share with the group what do they want Israel to know about them mm. and what are they afraid that Israel will find out about them both and then I asked them what do they want to ask Israel so I think um, that 70, you know, before we were talking, I had this whole conversation about ego. And ego is, in so many ways, connected to survival. It's, but it can't be only about survival. Right? One of the most important sentences in the teachings of the Mashiach, the Ishbitzer Rebbe, that I'm so connected to, who lived in Poland in the first half of the 19th century, he says, The conduit through which God sends life and vitality, the conduit itself has to be alive. We can't create something that is more alive than we are in the moment that we create it. And I honestly don't know what transitioning from survival to living is. I don't know what it's going to take to moving from the, the black and white colors that we were given in our palette to actually embracing a multicolored 64 Crayola crayons, 128, what that freedom would look like. Mm -hmm. I have a picture on the wall that I asked my, what I drew when I was four years old and my aunt framed it. And there are pictures of flowers with black stems. And I said to my mother, weren't you worried that I was pick <laughs> at four years old, I was drawing black flowers? And she said, no, I thought that was the color that was near near you. So that's the pat color that you picked up. <laughs> no major drama. I think part of being turning 70 in our country is going to, um, along with the survivors, ask ourselves, what, what's the next generation going to look like? Because they're not going to be here when most of them mm -hmm. aren't going to be here for another three decades, right. four decades, right? So I want to say it's not, I, I want to ask them not only to maintain their stories, but I want to dream together with them. Mm -hmm. What kind of Israel do they want us to be walking towards? Not mm -hmm. only where we come from, but where we're going. I think this is the mm -hmm. time to stop and ask ourselves.
not only where we came from, but also where we're going. Yeah. You know, in the Native American traditions, there's a tradition I've learned that when you're walking on a journey, you always turn back to see what the road looks like. Even if you know you're going to come back on the same road, because it doesn't look the same when you look backwards. Right. And in that way, I want to ask us, right, to take this like 70? This birthday is a, is, a, is a moment to pause in the journey and to look back at what the road looked like and then to figure out where we're moving from here. It's amazing just walking around. Like I did a lot of walking around Jerusalem today. I met, I met a friend in the American Colony Hotel, which I'd never been to in East Jerusalem, and it's a splendid, beautiful, like gorgeous building. And then from there I walked through the streets of East Jerusalem, which is all Arab-Palestinian population going about their business, but you know, shopping, commerce, the world, you know, just... Um, and then walked through the Damascus Gate into the old city, which I'd never done before. And that just seeing the old city from that direction and walking through all the way through the the Arab uh, market and down and then down to the, the Kotel, down to the wall. In, in the course of that walk... I felt like I saw so many different realities. And the whole, you know, you talk about Native American tradition. I, I, I recently was at a, a Lakota um, Native healing ceremony with a, with a medicine man. And the, the, the whole idea in Native American, when you, you, you say, uh, I'm probably not pronouncing this right, but it's a mitake oyasin, which means all of my relations. And there's this idea that you bring in all of your ancestors, but that every single organism whether it's you know a, a tree or a bird or or a rock or any other human being is related to you and it's this sense like we're so you know torn apart by our tribe by our people by you know the people who dress the same whatever it is and just as i i was walking through all of these different populations i was thinking like i have to i have to feel myself connected to this is all jerusalem you know there is no you know, whatever a unified Jerusalem, I mean, there is East Jerusalem, there is West Jerusalem, they're very different realities. And then when I got to the wall, and there's this whole kind of like um, fetishization of, 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 of people coming from all over the world to have their bar mitzvah at this wall, and like, you know, reading the Torah at like two o'clock in the afternoon, which I didn't quite understand. And it's just this sort of, there's so many different contrasting images and, and feelings. I, I felt my, I felt so many different feelings through the course of that that one walk and so I'm thinking when you're talking about walking and looking behind you and look you know this idea of like what what was that water and then I walked you know from the wall back up um you know those through the you know past the cinema tech and up onto into west jerusalem into Emory. and it's just all of these different realities all kind of um living alongside each other and those are all the voices yes I mean the last time I was in the old city was actually when uh, one of my soul children was was visiting, and he wanted to take me to the to the small kotel, which I'd never been to. With he actually wanted to take his son, and I joined them. You mean the southern excavation there? No, Robinson. It's you no. actually walk in towards Sharshchem, okay, and there and um, so as we were walking back from there, um, there was a store, and I'd realized that I'd promised. Uh, a taxi driver in Los Angeles that I would buy him a crucifix because I told him I was going to Jerusalem uh-huh. and I realized like I could give it to him to my soul son and he could take it back to LA and so I purchased it 
So I purchased a crucifix from a Muslim Arab <laughs> in the old city. And after he put it in a bag, he said to me, don't take it out at the wall because that's Jewish prayer space. And my son looked at him and he said, the same way I wouldn't want you to bring in a prayer book, a Jewish prayer book into a mosque in the Jewish prayer space, don't take out the cross. And I was just so taken by the fact that he was aware of what it meant to sanctify the wall. And here we had all three religions in this one conversation. Right. And it was going back, it was being taken back by a conservative Rav, back to the United States to this cab driver who I only have his first name and his phone number because I promised him. Yeah. But that's Jerusalem. Totally. I, I mean, I didn't even mention that actually the walk from Damascus Gate to the to the wall is actually part of it is on Via de, de la Rosa, Rosa, right? So it's like I'm walking on the stations of the, past the stations of the cross, past mosques, past churches, into this Jewish space. It, it's, it's extraordinary. So we're kind of close to the end. So I, I, I guess the the last question maybe to reflect on is so on on um, someone's birthday, we, you know, we often give someone a bracha, a blessing for their birthday. We we wish them all of the things that we want to wish them. So, what 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 is your bracha for Israel when she, as she turns seventy? Okay, did you think it would be possible for me to be so speechless? <laughs> because I'm I'm humbled by I'm humbled by the thought. And um, I'm humbled by the thought, and I'm asking who is the person who's blessing this ah, country. Right. Right? And when you ask me to hear all the different voices, right, then I want to I wanna bless, bless the country. Right? We're talking about the state, we're talking about the land, we're talking about the country, we're talking about the identity. Who are you asking me to bless? And... Um, I, I pray that we find a way to live in a way that we can hear each other and respect each other. All factors of, of the Israeli society, the Jewish Israelis and the Arab Israelis and the Druze Israelis and the Cherkessi Israelis. Really, we have a land which is like Jacob and the 12 stones. I pray that the 12 stones, like underneath Jacob's, Head, that the 12 stones can come together to be one stone. Hmm. And that when we say our prayers through the, the God of our matriarchs, the God of our patriarchs, that we can all remember that we actually have come from one set of parents. And we're all the children of Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. And that we find a way to be able to live in a way that we can hear ourselves singing and hear those to the left and to the right of us. Amen, amen. I feel like I want to add just that the the land itself, this beautiful, 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 tiny, precious piece of land can, can be a container, can be a vessel for all of those complex and diverse narratives to continue to exist together. Amen. We have a choice whether the colors come together and create black or the colors come together and create white. Right. Mimi, it's been so wonderful seeing you. Thanks for spending this little bit of time reflecting on this and uh, 
I wish you, however you are going to spend these these days of memory and these days of celebration, that you um, find yourself in a in a good place to to honour in the way that's, that you know that this these days need to be honoured. Um, and I'm so grateful that you're in my home. It feels a bit more like my home now that you've been <laughs> in it. That's the truth. And um, for those who are listening, they should know that they have a home in Yerushalayim waiting for them. <laughs> Wonderful. Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach. Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush. We will see you next time.